Which Denver Broncos could be primed to play a very unique role in Sunday season opener against the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, you're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode with Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for taking time out of your day to listen to us or to watch us for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on any Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and more. Do us a favor. Hit that subscribe or follow button down below if you've not done so already so you stay in the know as to what's going on. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and my good friend, Sarah Benninger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed here as we're getting ready to set the table for the remainder of the week as the Broncos continue their game prep for the Las Vegas Raiders. There is a very, very interesting thing that I think that you and I were talking about yesterday before we recorded yesterday's show, and I'm all here for it. Like, what type of unique roles could we maybe see some players play, whether it be on offense, whether it be on defense? Let's start off on the offensive side of the ball. We kind of teased it in yesterday's show. Uh, you know, the Oracle, Zahn, threw out a little bit of an interesting note that we saw on social media, something that the Houston Texans did with a certain player that Broncos fans are not very happy that he made the active roster. Right. A lot of people confused about why is Tremont Smith still on the team, right? He's kind of getting beat up a little bit as a cornerback there in the preseason, playing deep into those preseason games, kind of had the feel of a guy that was on the roster bubble, didn't he? It kind of felt like the Broncos were, you know, kind of approaching his snaps in terms of we really need to get a good evaluation on this guy or he's not going to be on the team. But really, in reality, $2.5 million in guaranteed money going Tremont Smith's way. I think he was kind of a lock for the roster all offseason, uh, whether you like that or not, whether we like that or not. And so what does that mean? Well, we're going to definitely see him play special teams. He was signed to play special teams. We didn't see him return kicks, but I found it very interesting, Cody, during the preseason broadcast that Mike Kliss, Nine News Insider and our good friend of the show here, he said that you know the Broncos want him to be the kick returner and so I found that very interesting, and it kind of led me to think, well, what what else could the Broncos maybe want him to do that we have seen absolutely none of? And as we know, practices become closed now to media, public, everybody after a certain point, right? So we don't get to see, nobody gets to see exactly what's going on out there on the practice field. Jermon Smith changes jersey number from 23 to number one. I just, I kind of have this feeling, Cody, I'm putting on a tinfoil hat here for a second. Could this guy who has played both ways before, could he maybe be a, you know, unique type of piece moving around the offensive formation? Because he has big time speed. He's a playmaker. He's been a, a return specialist. He's good with the ball in his hands. Maybe the Broncos will scheme up a touch or two or three to get him the ball against the Raiders. Not saying he's like Corderell Patterson, but he does have some Corderell Patterson-like ability to him. I think Patterson's probably a little bit faster, but that versatility is something that you can't ignore here. And we'll see. Like I said, we only get access to the you know stretching period, a little bit individual, and then we go inside. So there are things that maybe, hey, 
come Sunday, when we go out there in the stadium and we're, we're watching warm-ups or we're watching them go out in the actual game, we might be surprised at some things. And, hey, you know what? I'm here for it. But, you know, it doesn't just apply to Tremont Smith as maybe a guy who could be used in a variety of different ways. I, I always found it unique. We talk about David Sills, the fifth, who came over from the New York Giants, is on their practice squad. We know where Denver's at with three wide receivers on their active roster. Help me. It kind of got me thinking a little bit here. Obviously, he's a solid athlete. Could he maybe be in line for a potential Taysom Hill type of role here? And before you say, like, what are you talking about, Cody? Here's what I mean by that. For those of you that don't know, like he, he, when he was a young guy, when he was in seventh grade, he made national headlines because Lane Kiffin offered him a full ride scholarship to play quarterback at the time when Kiffin was coaching at USC. And that right there, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old and you receive that, like it's a huge deal. He played quarterback. He came into the college football as a quarterback, but then changed to wide receiver. And obviously, you know, he had a brief stint at a, you know, Juco college. And then he came back to West Virginia. And obviously his final two years, what was it? You mentioned 33 total touchdowns in two seasons for him. Sarah, that type of production is ridiculous. So he is a guy that can maybe do a little bit of everything. And he could be maybe the best unkept secret right now that nobody has any idea about coming into the season. But, hey, we'll throw it out here and the sticks. Hey, that's awesome. It, it may look even better than maybe what we envision here. But, you know, extend it beyond just players that we don't know about. Let's talk about players that we do know about here and maybe some unique roles that we could see. Dalil McLaughlin, the undrafted rookie free agent who made the 53-man roster as the RB3. No idea what the pitch count on Javante Williams is going to look like here for Denver this upcoming week. But we could see him in a unique role as well. Right. Everybody's really wanting to see him in that sort of Darren Sproles role as a pass catcher. Obviously, we saw him with a big kickoff return in the preseason. So maybe a little bit of an expanded role for Jaleel McLaughlin. I think maybe we're sleeping just a little bit on Samaj P. Ryan. I think everybody wants to see yeah. what what Jaleel McLaughlin can do and understandably so. I, I completely get that. But I think maybe let's just kind of wait and see here. I, I do like the idea of him getting reps as a pass catcher. I think everybody would. To see him out making plays in space, that would be amazing. Cody, I did have a quick little note, too, to share on the David Sills thing. When you mentioned Lane Kiffin, it got me to thinking. Broncos wide receivers coach Kerry Colbert was an assistant at both USC as well as at Alabama. His path, have, his path has crossed with Lane Kiffin on a variety of occasions, including it's I, I'm looking back here, Cody. I believe he played for Lane Kiffin as a wide receiver at USC back in that time frame when Lane Kiffin was coaching there. So there's a huge connection between Lane Kiffin, Broncos wide receivers, coach Kerry Colbert, and now David Sills, as you mentioned. So I like that one. I also like the idea of this joker that we've been hearing about in the Broncos offense, right? We've been talking about Greg Dulcich a lot in this role. With you know Jerry Judy's status in question for week one, is Greg Dulcich going to be in line for a significant role in the passing game? I kind of hope so. I really want to see that, although we know he was listed on the unofficial depth chart as the second tight end. Well, here's the, here's the crazy thing about it as well, right? I mean, it kind of ties in with Jerry's injury with the wide receivers having the active roster. Obviously, there's going to be some elevations, but it goes to what we've talked about, that we would not be shocked if we see a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. So... You know what that does? That does open up Dulcich for a little bit of a different role. Not necessarily as just a tight end, but in a 12 and 13 personnel type look, you can play him outside as a wide receiver. You can do that. You can put him in the slot still, and it doesn't have to necessarily be he's an inline guy, you know, an extra, you know, you have an unbalanced formation on the offensive line. And this is also where maybe Nate Adkins, says, you and I talked about watching him catch like seven passes for 105 yards, you know, just chip blocking, releasing, and wouldn't even be shocked if that happened here. But 
These are guys that I do think the tight end utilization, Adkins, Dulcich, could be in line for maybe a little bit of a, a little less traditional role at tight end and a little bit more of a unique role here on the offensive side of the ball. And the question, you know, we're not going to find out. We're not going to find out until really when week one kicks off. But I think if you're a Broncos fan, you're listening, you're watching this, don't be surprised if you see some of these moves happen here. Maybe expect it a little bit. That way you're like, hey, you know what? We were locked into this. That You know, they talked about this on Lockdown Broncos. They're doing these unique things with these guys. Okay, this makes sense a little bit. But I'm excited to see how it all formulates here for the Broncos going forward. We talked about the offensive side of the ball, which players can play a unique role on that side. Well, what about the defensive side of the ball? Which players are in line for maybe a unique role against the Las Vegas Raiders here in week number one? Well, Broncos country, you're going to get that on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Harry's. And no matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price that you'll love. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating, face wash, and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. A smooth shave shouldn't be rough on your wallet. The starter set is a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com NFL. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Scheduled delivery for refills as low as $2 a month, half of what you pay for other blades. For me, I always like shaving because during the fall months, my beard grows in like Grizzly Adams, and sometimes I'm on the road a lot covering games. Harry's is the perfect thing, as we mentioned, with the travel cover. Take it with you on the road as you go on your business trips or, hey, just at your convenience of using it at home if you like to shave at home like so many other normal human beings do there. There's no reason not to try Harry's. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction rate in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. We talked about some offensive players that could play a unique role for the Denver Broncos in week one, but what about defensive players? Can we see some secret weapons unleashed against the Las Vegas Raiders? We're going to talk about that and more coming up here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, but we got to give a shout out to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day you can find Locked On Broncos free and available anywhere and everywhere that you get podcasts and Cody and I can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you every day is for making us part of your day and for those of you who watch on YouTube as well mile high salute to every single one of you especially if you engage in the comments or if you shout us out on Twitter participate in the show that way it means so much to us and we honestly we love doing it. And we're going to be in the comments, either celebrating or venting here in a couple days after the post game, the first real post game of the season. So we're very excited to be able to do that. And we love that you take time and just invest in the show really in that way. So maybe shout us out some some players that you think could maybe play a unique role here in week one offensively, defensively. I don't know. Maybe we'll see a fake pass from Riley Dixon, Cody, as a special teams unique twist there. We'll kind of find out. I I do know that's part of his allure, right? As a punter there is that he can do that. So we'll see. But defensively specifically, I think there's a number of players that we're just kind of still in the dark about really in terms of what their week one role is going to be. Maybe most notably is rookie linebacker Drew Sanders. I think every Broncos fan is going to be thrilled to see him get on the field. Do you think we're going to see him in a unique way? Obviously, he's an off-ball linebacker listed on the roster. 
maybe we could see him rushing the quarterback a little bit against the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you think about that idea? Not a bad idea, to be honest with you. I mean, to go back to Sean Payton's post-draft press conference where he told us, like, the vision for him is a guy who can get after the quarterback. He's got a, a pressure situation. He's a pressure player there. And I think for where Denver is at, I mean, I think maybe a good thing is that, hey, there's no more Darren Waller in Las Vegas, but we don't know yet maybe what Michael Mayer is going to look like here for the Raiders offensive tight end because he's a pretty prolific playmaker at that position. I'm not sure if he has the speed as Darren Waller did or necessarily the height that Waller did or the athleticism, but he's a pretty dang good playmaker, which is why obviously he went as high as he did to the Raiders. Now, I think a bigger question here is what would it look like with Drew Sanders, right? If you're putting Drew Sanders on the field, well, who are you taking off the field and what does that personnel package look like? I'm very, very curious to see about this because as we all know, Josh Jacobs is a guy that you absolutely have to account for. He's been a, a thorn in the Broncos' side. He's averaged in all the games he's played 103 yards per game against Denver, 4.7 yards per carry. He's got over nine rushing touchdowns against Denver, and he's just found a way to just be the boogeyman. Denver has not beaten a Raiders team that where Josh Jacobs what, has been playing. Anytime he has missed, they've obviously won. Obviously, he's not going to miss. He's going to be playing this week, and it's a challenge. You know, we talk so much about the Broncos' inability to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Sarah, they've been unable to beat the Las Vegas Raiders dating back to the last time when they were called the Oakland Raiders. And John Gruden was still a massive part of that team there. So there's a lot of things in motion here in terms of maybe how Drew Sanders can play. Could he maybe see some rotational edge rusher stuff? I think there's always a possibility. But as you mentioned, we don't get to see that at practice. So if it does happen, we're all going to be pleasantly surprised in Sunday's game. I just think that you can utilize his ranginess, his size, his athleticism to maybe help you out. And I think if Josh Jacobs is really hurting you, you might be able to find a way to Put him in a situation where if he goes out to cover, maybe Drew Sanders is the guy that covers Josh Jacobs. I'm not sure, but I do think we'll see quite a bit of him as well. But it also opens up some questions as well. When we talk about the Broncos defense in the secondary, we're still waiting for the official depth chart to come out here. So what does this mean for a guy like Kareem Jackson, 14th year, that we all expect Justin Simmons and Caden Stearns to start? What type of role might Kareem Jackson have here against the Raiders, in your opinion? I'm excited to find that out. I think everybody is, right? We've been talking about he's saying Bassey stepping up as the starting nickel, which I believe we will see, but you can't help but wonder how much are we going to see Kareem Jackson out there in certain packages? For instance, if Bassey starts struggling against Hunter Renfro or Jacoby Myers or whoever it is, would the Broncos hesitate to put Kareem Jackson out there? Because we forget oftentimes because he's been so good transitioning to the safety position since 2019 Kareem Jackson was a first-round draft pick at the cornerback position. And before he got to Denver, he was very good at playing outside corner, playing in the nickel, kind of floating around. So he's very good in that regard. He's physical. I, I've been wanting to see Kareem Jackson as long as we figured he was going to be on the team. want to see him attacking the line of scrimmage. want to see him playing up closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe helping shut down that Raiders running game, especially when they try to get to the outside I'm excited to see what his role is going to be. He's one of the most physical players on the team. He still plays fast. He still plays really hard. I just feel like with with Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons on the back end, you're going to be able to take away the deep passing game of the Las Vegas Raiders. You just you're going to have an advantage there, even with the talented receivers they have. Kareem Jackson though can give you a physical presence. He can help with you know those crossing patterns where they try to free up Devonte Adams in man to man coverage. He can. I just feel like he can be such an asset out there in terms of his veteran leadership and poise and just having played against the Raiders every year since 2019, twice a season. So 
he just he's to me he's one of those guys that we're going to be you know circling on the field whenever 22 is out there to figure out what is the Broncos vision for him because they they brought him back they didn't necessarily have to they have plenty of safeties on the team but I feel like Kareem he's in line to play maybe a more unique role than we understand and I think I don't think the Broncos are just going to let him sit on the bench right and I don't think that'll be the case but let's talk about Nick Benito too Cody I feel like he had a great offseason one of those guys that, you know, we talked about him. He needed to have a big training camp. He needed to come out and really prove himself as a second round draft pick. Somebody that, you know, wasn't just going to be a situational pass rusher, but could play all three downs. I don't think we're going to see him starting out there, but do you think there's going to be packages for Nick Benito? Like, is he going to play? Is he going to be a game day inactive, which we would, that would be dreadful if that was the case? Or is he actually going to play and get on the field? behind some of these veterans the Broncos have. He's going to play. I mean, Denver's going to need him. He's he's had such a terrific offseason and terrific preseason. I had a chance to catch up with him the other day in the open locker room and just chat with him. Not going to tell you what I talked about, but he just feels like an entirely different player. He feels very confident in, in what he's been able to do from a progression standpoint here. I, I think it would be wild to not see him. I think he is going to play a rotational role. The Broncos view him very highly. He's obviously going to play some special teams as well here for Denver, but yeah, I mean, you talk about pass rushing waves, and look, it's it's not Derek Carr anymore who's back there at the quarterback position. Carr would get the ball out of his hands quickly. That's really the biggest mystery coming into this week's game. We do not know what to expect with Jimmy Garoppolo in this offensive scheme here when you look at how he played in, in San Francisco, a more complex role. I think a lot was predicated on maybe how he did play there. The Raiders, it's a little bit different. I mean, they still have talented players on the outside, skilled players that will make plays, but how does this scheme maybe impact or lessen or benefit a guy like Jimmy G. Like, we don't know. We're going to find out on Sunday, but Nick Benito is going to be one of those guys that is going to get after the quarterback here in Sunday's matchup against the Raiders. And obviously for a full week of build up to the game, tomorrow's episode of the show, you, you guys can catch Sarah and your boy Q on a crossover episode previewing the big game on Sunday. You'll get your injury reports in Friday's episode. And then, hey, you know what? After the game on Sunday, once I get back from the stadium, we're going to have a post-game show for everybody in Broncos country. But before we get into all that stuff, before the big game even happens, we also have to talk about who are some important matchups for the Broncos against the Raiders on Sunday. Well, Broncos country, you're going to get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Game Time. And one thing I like about the Game Time app experience is that if you're in the hunch and you feel like, hey, there's this event that's going on in my town, I need to go catch it, but you forgot to plan out months in advance that you needed to buy a ticket, well, Game Time has you covered on last-minute ticket deals and flash deals, and it's easy to find tickets for every kind of event that is going on in your area. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. The tickets are then sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. You pull it up on the QR code. As you go to your event, they scan you in. Bang, it's that easy with the Game Time app. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL, all in one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we'll dive into 
some of the key matchups that we're looking forward to seeing in Sunday season opener against the Las Vegas Raiders. But before we do all that, Broncos country, just got to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us or to watch us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for being a daily part of what we have going on here, covering all things Denver Broncos from an objective point of view, short, sweet, to the point, Broncos country, you make the show exactly what it is. So we just want to say thank you so much once again for making us part of your daily routine. All right, Sarah, I know you and Q are probably going to dive a little bit more deeper into this in terms of matchups that may determine the outcome of this game. But I think just from an overall viewpoint, discussion standpoint, what are some important matchups in this game for the Broncos against the Raiders? And I feel like the number one matchup we'll probably be talking about that everybody's got circled. Like if this was a fight card, this is the main event right here. Are you in alliance with me? Who do you think it is? That's got to be PS2 versus Devontae Adams, right? Especially because... You know, Devontae kind of got the upper hand in Denver last year. And really, Cody, I think this is going to be another uh, opportunity for the Broncos to prove some people wrong, right? Because I think Devontae Adams had his time last year against PS2. And I think PS2 is going to be very motivated to come out like he's had this probably. You know, he, he heard the Raiders were up first and he's probably like, all right, I got Devontae Adams week one. Like there's no rest for the weary, right? You're getting started immediately with arguably what will be your toughest matchup of the year. Although we know Justin Jefferson is to come later on and others. And, uh, you know, so Devonte Adams though, week one is it's not just a test. It's like you said, this is the big fight on the card. This is everything that everybody's the, the people who break down all 22 all week long are going to be dissecting every snap between these two guys. It's going to be one of those difference makers in the game as well, as we saw, as it was in Denver, last year when Devontae Adams walked it off. And that was not necessarily the fault of PS2, but over the course of the game, I mean, Devontae was getting the upper hand. So it has to be a bounce-back situation here for PS2. Well, sometimes you're going to get God as a cornerback, but here's the thing with Sertan. Like, he's just got a short-term memory on that. And you could just tell, like, he doesn't engage in the trash talk. And look, after that game, we saw Devontae Adams chirping quite a bit and saying, he's not ready. Like, you know, I, I don't feel like you need to talk, but you know what? Devontae had that angle. We know Sertan's never going to do it, but I also think in the same right, like that's competitive nature, fire in the moment. I think for Sertan to get first team all pro honors, not only from the media, but also from the first ever NFL PA all pro voting as done by players who those guys went against more than likely. I'm guessing that Devontae Adams had Sertan on his first team bout because obviously Sertan and Sauce Gardner, they both took home those honors there, which is a tremendous accolade. Everyone's going to be tuning in for PS2 versus Devontae Adams, but we know that, hey, if the Broncos are going to find a way to win this game, the rush defense against Josh Jacobs has to be on par. They cannot allow yards after contact for Jacobs, which seemingly that's just all he's done against Denver. I feel like there's been games, even last year, first half, I thought Denver did a solid job at times against Josh Jacobs. And then there was just one where he would just run through two tackles for a massive gain, whether it be on second or third down. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, the drive gets extended here a little bit. That is exactly what happened a little bit last year for Denver. And I'm very, very curious to see maybe where things go here, the rush defense has to be on par. Denver's going to have to bring it. Mike Purcell is obviously ready to go. That's big news for Denver. You have Zach Allen, DJ Jones. I wonder how that's going to line on the defensive line. What type of front are we going to see? I wouldn't be surprised if we see their, their penny front where they have five down linemen in totality. Obviously, you have your two outside guys, but then you have your three down linemen, bang, linebackers plug in. You're in your base defense there to maybe try to run some things. I just don't know how it's going to go. I just know that's going to be a big one here for Denver. But I think everyone's also eager to see maybe how the Broncos' skill players do against the Raiders' defense and their secondary. Because, hey, 
outside of Nate Hobbs, it is looking a little different, and that might not be a bad thing for the Raiders in this conversation. Right, because last year it wasn't good for them in the secondary, right? That was the storyline all year, and of course I feel Except like they had Denver. Yeah, a couple of their best games <laughs> against the Broncos, of course, but I mean, I guess what defense didn't? The Broncos were the worst offense in football last year, so it, it kind of all is going to work in tandem, right? The, the offensive skill players have to find ways to win against this Raiders defensive backfield because, well, if they don't, like you said, that Raiders running game is going to be able to try to bleed out the clock and extend drives. Like the last thing the Broncos needed last season was to have limited opportunities offensively. And I feel like that's what the Raiders did so well. Not only were the Broncos bad on offense, but the Raiders found ways to limit their opportunities by running the ball exceptionally well. And so I think that that just speaks to the the importance of this skill position group, especially the wide receivers that are going to play, whoever that is, whether it's a guy like David Sills, like you mentioned earlier, or if it's, you know, Brandon Johnson stepping up or Philip Dorsett, or obviously we need Cortland Sutton. We need to see what he can do. It's going to be imperative for these receivers to come out and win their matchups and for the Broncos to make sure that they are able to sustain a shorter passing game. That's been a, a huge thing for them. Since, since who knows how long, Cody, we know this was one of the teams last year in the league, one of the best in terms of actually hitting plays deep downfield offensively. Like the Broncos, shockingly, that was one thing they were very, very good at. The problem is they just had no real short game to speak of. And so if that can be improved, you can win your matchups as wide receivers or even if it's Greg Dulcich split out or if it's, you know, P. Ryan and Williams split out, as we saw in the preseason a little bit from Williams. Those guys have to win their matchups so the Broncos can have a passing game that excels to all levels of the field. Otherwise, Josh Jacobs is going to potentially take over this game. Well, I think the expectation here for the Raiders in the secondary, you're going to have Nate Hobbs, who's obviously emerged as a terrific young player inside the nickel in the NFL. He's going to be there. They added Marcus Peters in the offseason, which is going to give them a veteran presence at corner. But then there's also, I think, Jacorian Bennett. He's a rookie that I think is expected to get the start for them. We'll see if that changes here initially as as time wears on. But they also have Trevon Mulrig at the safety position and then Marcus Epps. And look, that's a pretty solid secondary for them. And, and I think a lot of it, too, if you have guys like Chandler Jones, which I'm sure you and Q will talk about what's going on with that whole debacle we saw on social media beginning on Tuesday with Chandler Jones. But if Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson, and Max Crosby are able to create pressure on Denver's offense in terms of Russell Wilson and the offensive line, I mean, it does play into the favor here of what the Raiders like to do, and that's just playing very aggressive and trying to jump routes, and that's where Denver's going to have to be extra careful with making sure they don't put the ball into harm's way here in this situation. Bobby, very, very curious to see how Denver maneuvers. Obviously, we know Patrick Graham's the defensive coordinator for them. There's times where they're going to send Hobbs on a nickel blitz, and I know that Denver's going to have to account for that, and this is where I think you're going to have to see, can Denver overcome the issues that have impacted them significantly against the Raiders in recent memory. Can they overcome that and end the streak on Sunday? These are things I think will help if Denver can win some of these key matchups that you and I have discussed here on the show here today. I think Denver's got a good chance. And look, Broncos country, we want to hear from you. Are there any specific matchups that we didn't talk about that you maybe are interested in that you have your eye on? If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments, or you can tweet us on Twitter if you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. But with that said, Broncos country, thank you so much for rocking with us here on today's episode of the show. For all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect tomorrow. You're going to get Sir Bettinger sitting down with your boy Q, host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, as Crossover Thursday 
is back here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You get to hear from key matchups perspectives from the local experts on the biggest stories. Hugh's going to give Broncos fans an insight into what the Raiders might be doing. And also, Raiders fans are going to get an insight from Sarah on the Broncos perspective as to what's going on. You can get that on tomorrow's episode, Locked On Broncos. We appreciate you so much. See you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.